to assimilate this, we've got a special episode today. Uh, I have no idea which number this is going to end up being, so um, it's five or six or one of those, depending on what order we put them out in. Uh, we're doing a roundtable for uh, Matter of Time, which is the new second edition release. Uh, it just came out, as of this recording, it came out two days ago, so uh, we're... We've, we've just looked at the set, and so these are, uh, I wanted to get first impressions uh, from a few people uh, on the site uh, within the community and, and, and just kind of get uh, get a sense of, of what everybody's thinking about it before we start sitting down and uh, building decks and playing with the new cards. So I have three guests uh, with me now, uh, and uh, let me introduce everybody. First, I've got uh, uh, Lore from the uh, Trek CC forums, Chris Sonstaby. Chris? Mm -hmm. Yep. Thanks for having me. And uh, we've got uh, 2E Creative Director, uh, Matt Kirk. Hey, everybody. And finally, uh, Nator from the forums, uh, Nate Weininger. Oh, close right. one. Yeah, that was close. That was Weininger? Good. Oh, Weininger, yeah. Weininger, okay. Uh, and you were Nationals West champion, correct? Was that for two or one Don't remind um, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I already started. Oh, we, we can tell that story if you really want to. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, gentlemen, so... Uh, we're all here, and uh, we've got a brand new set. Um, so, first impressions, sur surface thoughts, real quick. Anyone want to jump in? Matt? Uh, I will just say that from design to art to the finished product, uh, this is probably my favorite set that we've put out since Raised Stakes as far as gameplay impact and just the look of the cards and this is this is probably yeah this is this is this is the best this is the best set we've, we've put out in a long time as far as everybody kind of took it up a notch it felt like I I uh I am I am impressed with uh with the art in particular, I, uh, I know Charlie has been hyping the set for quite a while now as, as one of the best uh, that, uh, that the art team has, has put together uh, in, in some time. And it, and it really does show. I'm, I'm really happy with, with the art in this set. So uh, that's when, yeah, Johnny and his team definitely get props for that. Yeah, I mean, just taking a look at the the pack art here. I mean, <laughs> it's it's about as close to an actual you know physical product as I mean, as far as the just the the marketing and packaging and everything goes as, as we've ever had. It's just it's it's astounding what the what those guys at art can bring back for us sometimes. Yeah, I did like the pack art, and when I when I first saw not just the pack art but the first. Um, the first advertisement on the site where some of the art was was uh, shown on the on the on the home screen, uh, I was really excited to see uh, some of the card images and what you know what cards fit the images that that we were spoiled. Uh, I think my favorite piece of art was the uh, 
the one for um, Boon of the Celestial Temple. Is that? Yeah. 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 That's, that's that right? one of the ones that I, when I, yeah. <laughs> I told, I mean, creative picked the story for that one. And uh, when it came up, and I'm just paging down to it. There it is. Yeah. The when, uh, yeah. When it came up, it was just like, you know, we got the art file back and we were just like, whoa, I want that as a foil right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that uh, the the AU Enterprise, the new AU Enterprise looks really good. That was, when I was looking through it for the, at least the pictures, that one looked like the best to me. I mean, you know, usually when you see those yeah. old TOS pictures, they're pretty, you know, it's pretty obvious that they were made in the, you know, before the HD time, right? And now yeah, yeah. you have this picture that looks pretty beautiful. So that's yeah, they pulled that impressive. from the. I think that was from the remaster season two. I'm not saying, but yeah, that's. The, I mean, Charlie could not one. wait to spoil that image in particular because he's just like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" So that is a really nice image, and actually, it's the one that my son pointed out when he first looked looked through the set. Uh, he showed me that, and he's like, "What's up with this car?" And I'm like, "What's the matter?" He goes. Why is it orbiting a pink planet? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, you never heard of a pink planet? He goes, no. <laughs> I guess I will echo, echo everyone else's sentiments. They, uh, I think the art of the uh, expansion has gone kind of above and beyond with what we're used to. However, uh, kind of as a, as a player, I, I, I look at this set and feel like uh, all that glitters is not gold. I'm not a real fan of a lot of the cards that are in this expansion. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this, and I do kind of have mixed feelings about it. There are cards that I like, and there are cards that I'm on the fence about. Um, I think, well, we, 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 we might as well jump into it. Um, there are a lot of cards in here that are meta cards. They're meant to control or tone down a uh, certain style of decks. There's an entire team uh, of personnel that is meant to uh, re reduce the effectiveness of dual HQ. Um, that's a major one right there, but there's also, you know, there's a couple of cards that prevent uh, returning dilemmas and through, uh, through with Shran or McCoy. Uh, so, but yeah, that, the most notable one is is the uh, that uh, Children of Time team. Uh, and yeah. go ahead. Yeah, you know, like you know, I guess kind of in between, you know, what Matt has been talked about, how he's been really impressed with the set, and Chris's opinion. Like, I think there are, you know, it's it's quite obvious that there's a number of cards that are going to really change how people are going to design decks for the you know the top level right you know there's a, a very clear anti-two mission win card there's a very clear dilemma returning card and they're going to be played a lot so those strategies have definitely take a hit but i think for the you know it's kind of there's kind of two ways you can think about a new set coming out you can think about things of how they're going to impact you know what's currently out there and then also what new things are out there that people are really going to want to play with. And I think while the set does a okay job of, uh, or okay to decent job of kind of hurting some of these strategies that, you know, 
have been really popular lately. I, I, I just feel like the, like the new cards, there's not a lot of things where I say like, oh, wow, I really want to play with that. I mean, other than maybe the having the relativity team, there's nothing really that starts thinking about a new deck or a new type of way to play. It's just kind of uh, ways to, I guess, balance the things that have been uh, above the power curve or whatever you want to call it lately. Yeah. That um, was my, my first thought and... Uh, I, I kind of developed this opinion maybe a couple days before the the full set was released, and I it, it's, really def- it's, it's definitely a competitive players expansion, right? It's not uh-huh. it's not a like casual to mid players. This is expansion. not a starter expansion. Yeah, right. Like my thought is like I, I think a set should have cards like that if if a strategy is. Uh, too prevalent or being overused or is too powerful, then sure, I can see cards coming out that can correct that or can balance it out. Um, you know, 2E doesn't have a ban list and 2E doesn't, you know, they, they don't want to have a ban list. And so that's the that's their best way of fixing those strategies. Rather, you know, aside from eroding or issuing errata on on. Uh, existing cards, this is the other way to do it, is to release cards that can temper those strategies. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm generally okay with a couple of those being put into an expansion. If you compare it to, you know, I'll, I'll compare it to, from from the 1E side, because I, I've been more of a first edition player, if you compare it to the next generation, uh, you had a very big set, and a lot of new concepts were introduced, and a lot of new deck types were introduced, and you had two really big meta cards, uh, General Quarters and You Are a Monument, and they really did make an impact, and they are cards that people have to build around and think about when building decks, and they still do. But it was two cards out of a 90-card set. Here we have a 54 card set, and out of those, how many of them are meta cards? A lot. A lot. Yeah. It's a large proportion of the set. Probably 30% at least. Um, to piggyback off of that, I, I, and, and when you're speaking to set size, I guess I look at this expansion and see the four personnel that are hurting dual HQs, and I also see a referee mission. To me, I feel like design could have done one or the other. I don't know that it necessarily needed both in the same expansion. And I'm my concern, particularly revolving with the mission, and Nate had pointed this out on the forums, the two-range space mission, which is one of the rarest things in the game to find, it can't get hit with insurrection, and it works for strength. And I don't know that there are even maybe a handful of missions that are strength missions that are space. You put all those things together and you have a really great mission that, oh, by the way, just obliterates dual HQ at the same time. Well, I think that might be overstating the case. I mean, an extra turn is, you know, if you're going second, it's you're you're basically giving up the extra, you know, you're you're making the other person go first. So, I mean, yes, an extra turn is helpful. I think early on it's not as uh, game-breaking as a late extra turn would be, for example, the Ferengi, uh, that, the Ferengi mission where they get to take an extra turn once they're done with it, 
because that comes that comes later on in the game. That's less about acceleration and more about you know closing the game down before without giving the other person another another chance to catch up. Since it's at the beginning of the game, you know it's it, it's basically just acceleration. Well, my contention there is, I've probably lost. 10 of my last 12 games that I've lost, I've lost by a turn or, or less. You know, yesterday I lost a game where I had three dilemmas underneath my last mission. I can solve it with four guys. If I can stop my opponent, I get that extra turn. I went second in that game. Um, and also, I know a lot of it's going to be coming from your personal experience, and I play in an area that's been notorious for super speed decks. I mean, if I if I see this mission in one of Matt Freed's cadet decks and he goes first, he's attempting a mission before I've had a turn. I mean, that's how his decks work. Well, but I mean, that can be controlled with the choices of dilemmas for the, for the meta. But I mean, you know, it's going to be different no matter where you are. But this, the general feeling from design has very clearly been stated in this set. The dual HQ needs, needs to be reined in. I think, the, 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 to me, the big issue with the dual HQ is that the dual HQ decks that you want to hit are the ones that... You know, that extra turn and, you know, those extra counters aren't even going to matter because they're going to lock you out. You know, they're going to do something crazy to take away all your crew. So what you're really hurting is the kind of the dual HQ cards that are kind of playing it legit. And and those are already kind of, you know, you know, to me, when I've tried to build them, they feel kind of slow and clunky at the beginning anyway. You know, usually you need two ships to ferry between your headquarters missions already. Yeah, and, it, and you have to split your focus. And yeah, Right. I mean, cert, certain combos for that type of deck are okay, like, you know, Romulan-Bajoran, because you've got the Rom, you've got the Bajoran recursion with the Romulan event use. And so, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I think generally speaking, those decks probably took a little bit more of a hit than they needed to with the, with the other anti-dual headquarters uh, hit, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, splashing Frangenar just to get brunt for event destruction. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sad to see that go. I would agree with that. I think that's yeah. something that can be curbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I could, I definitely, uh, I can agree with that. I'm just, like I said, I just worry that it's, it's too much meta and uh, not enough new ideas in this set there are there are some new ideas don't get me wrong i was gonna say i completely disagree with the whole new ideas thing I, when this set came out I, th- I thought of three or four different decks that i was just you know thinking wow okay i could try this i could try that i mean now granted i'm not the highest rated player out there i'm you know, definitely more of a casual player i like to win games but at the same time you know i'm looking at the enterprise c guys and looking at the relativity guys and looking at even the um, the little dinky stuff like uh, you get you get you get two new thieves in this. You get uh, um, Harry Mudd and you get Marcus Mazur um, you know, dropping the cheap gambling device. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, <laughs> that could actually be pretty useful. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just a matter of how you look at it. You know, obviously you've seen the set ahead of the rest of us uh, working with creative. Um, you know, I did not. I saw it, you know, one card at a time as it was revealed to us. And, I, you know, maybe it's just the order that in which it was spoiled that they revealed most of the most of the meta cards one at a time. 
And so every every night at midnight here, I would you know refresh the site and see the new car and be like another one, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah. So anyway, maybe that that's just the perspective that I'm that I'm seeing it in. Well, well, don't I mean there's definitely some really nice cards in the set. Um, like I think the the trial dilemmas right that are kind of a play on the show trial. Um, these are the non-dual ones. I think those are pretty cool, right? Those are kind of intelligently designed. I did uh, notice that cycle, yeah, and I wondered if anyone else had. Yep. Yeah. I, I was actually going to point out that too, Nate. Um, I really like those two cards. I feel like, honestly, my overall opinion of the set, that you've got a handful of cards that just knocked out of the park and a handful that are kind of lazy design and a handful that are, you know, in a mixed bag. It's all depending on, your again, your experience and where you sit as far as the you know, what type of player you are. Are you, is, what does is, what is, uh, Charlie always say? Are you a Johnny, Timmy, or a Spike? Is Spike the other one? Uh-huh. Oh, kind of aggressive. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think, in particular, I think a card like Emanations is uh, a perfect card that needed to be made. I love the idea of them redoing the rituals. I feel like verb recursion has been a problem in the game for a very long time. I don't feel bad about making you work for it to get it off the bottom of your deck. You really need it back. But, uh, you know, I don't know if Matt's got this set up, but the card, like, Overburdened, I really worry about. Um, that's yeah. A that's, that's a dilemma that's a duel that costs three that has a consumed cost. I don't know if that was adequately play-tested with a card like Subtig, which lets you consume it for free because it costs three. Um you know, I, I'm wondering about some of those other things. I, I don't feel like a Maki deck with a kill pile needs to get any better after seeing it in action yesterday. And, yeah, when it can kill three people. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I mean, it's like I said, I, I feel like there are some things that are hidden yes, for sure. But I mean, the only decks that Overburdened is going to hit is not skilled dilemma piles, so... Who yeah, puts always... all skill dilemmas, though? I mean, you have to play a legacy pile to really not get hit by that. I mean, my piles generally run half and half, so even if you happen to flip one or two skill dilemma, or non-skills in there, say you hit your timescape. Or not well, your timescape. sure, but that's why the rest of the... I mean, especially for this one, there's only one other dilemma from the set that doesn't take a skill besides Overburden. The rest of them all have skills to go with them. So, you know, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. I'd rather have, you know... Have pe- have more, have less emphasis put on how much you can skill cheat rather than how you can um, take those dilemmas out of the game like hard time and you know all of the the, the general cheat stuff that assess contamination was meant to address. You know, overburden does that in a very specific way that you know um, it affects you. Know, you it just depends on when you draw it in your pile. And like you said, subliminal signal makes it awesome. And, you know, uh, I don't, I understand that, you know, people are going to have to change their dilemma files, but I think that was kind of the point of the set was to get people to stop playing the same stuff. It came out right before regionals. So, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes down after regionals and what um, the next expansion will change before continentals and worlds. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that uh, uh, all of the cards that, uh, the the meta cards, uh, uh, as it were, uh, the anti-dual HQ stuff, all, all, all of these cards, they have to be, they have to be played. 
Um, you can you can uh, tech preparing for them, but they still have to be played and they have to be stocked. And you know, well, you know, I guess the mission the mission card doesn't have to be drawn, but the rest of them have to be drawn and played. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's why the missions really good compared to like the other ones. Mm-hmm. There's a there's actually a couple. I mean, I, I'm just kind of going through the the card list now. Um, just to comment on some of them. I think there's some of the missions are pretty good. Like I really like the uh, Contact Mysterious Benefactor. It's the four range nebula mission. Uh-huh. That where if you have temporal events, you, you get 40 points out of it. So it kind of plays nicely with uh, Hurry Departure. So it's, you know, that's one way that you've kind of made a good, like an older card very good. Or, or useful again without specifically calling it out. Like I think there's there's a couple cards in here where they're specifically naming cards, and I tend to not like that. But like the the contact mysterious benefactor is a good one where you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, I should play hurried departure with this, but it's not absolutely necessary. You know, it's not like must play hurried departure with this card or it sucks. And uh, another one is pretty. It doesn't good, like, say. It doesn't say if you have uh, hurried departure when you complete this mission, score five points. Right. Yeah. 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 And then you have uh, Yaltar down here, right? So Yaltar is he's he's a Cardassian dude. Like he's it's pretty obvious he plays with the uh, what is it conscription? Is that the one that Donald yeah. Glenn's? Yeah. Right. So it's obvious that that's kind of the combo that works. But I mean. You might play this guy, and you just want to get cards in your discard pile, or you want to just fish for a, a Glen, right? So, like, he has a pretty good use outside of that particular combo. So, I, I really like those two cards in particular because it makes me want to play these other cards, but also has some you know, pretty good effects otherwise. Yep. Yeah. As we're room for other ideas. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Ned. No, no, no. Just sorry, you, you do that. <laughs> I was just gonna say Yaltar is one of the cards that I feel like design really knocked out of the park. Um, as somebody who's been playing Tarak Nor on occasion, I don't know how widely your audience knows this, but in virtual format, there is only one unique Cardassian, and that's the Ducat from uh, the ruling council uh, team. So if you I want, to play, if you want to play Tarak Nor in the virtual format, you basically can't use the Tanakhtaklar, or you're, I mean, with one guy, it's pretty hard. Uh, Yaltar has all the skills for, um, his skills are fit perfectly for Deliver Prisoners and for Kursari, their two main missions. And as Nate pointed out, his ability can actually kind of be a, a sneaky way to put personnel in your discard pile for caretaker's guests. That's He's, true. You're, if you're early attempting and you don't want to lose somebody to caretaker's guests, you know, hopefully you trigger a hit of you know hit a purple guy and a brown guy, and now you got two guys over there for that. And yeah. I have played Tarak Nor in virtual format, so I'm well aware that there's only one unique Cardassian. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite nice to have another one. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some concern. Matt would probably know this more than I was. I think there was some concern over. Uh, whether or not this guy qualified as a Tarak Nor person, I know there's a lot of angst as far as what episodes qualify for Tarak Nor icons, what don't. But I think in this case, 
I, honestly, I don't necessarily care too much if it follows a storyline. I think gameplay-wise, this is a card that really needs to be made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just to address that, um, I don't know how much I can go into this, but I will just say that uh, spades have been broken on this particular um, configuration now, and uh, so we may be seeing some more stuff from the past having to do with Tarek Noor uh, to try and expand them out, because it, I mean, they've been pretty one-dimensional with you know, you got yeah. your ruling council team to do that. Um, so this is, it, it was really interesting the way that this card evolved because when the, <laughs> this was, this was an example of the, uh, how the art ended up driving the gameplay as opposed to the other way around the way it typically goes. Um, when the art came back, the only direction that I had given to the art team as far as um, what image I wanted was I said, because I figured the Cardassian uniforms look the same in the past as they do you know, in the present, was, oh, you know what? There were a bunch of goals and stuff from that Comfort Women episode. So sure, find us something something from that. And so this came back and it had the, it had the Bajoran girl on it. And it's very obviously from that episode. And, and, we, and everybody knows that that was in the past. And so... You know, design said, well, I guess we could make him past, sure. And so now we have a past Tarak Nor guy, which is, you know, is he in the same time frame as the, as the Dominion? Of course not. But now the door's open, at least, to give them some, to, to have a little more design space. Because really, for the Tarak Nor episodes, they were only in there for what, like, the end of season six and the beginning, or the end of season five and the beginning of season six, and that was it. Like so six were, episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a six episode were, There was really no more Terak, new Terak Nor people to be made. So with this door now open, um, yeah, might be seeing some more uh, specifically Terak Nor guys. I'm, I'm it's basically it. it's it's two E's version of Herogen. They made an, an entire faction based on five episodes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and but people I actually watch DS, DS9. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about either, Nate. I don't watch DS9. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I have right. seen that particular episode though, so I, I'm when when Matt's uh, you know kind of hinting, I I, I feel like I could sense a, a Peric coming for Terraknor, perhaps. Is, is was he not from that episode? He was, but I'm not specifically just that episode because we got to see Tarek Nora in the past probably three, four, five times. There was the episode where they, um, I mean, this was when Kira jumped back to see her mom, what happened to her mom. And then there was the other one where Odo's memory was being messed up and he had to remember, you know, he had to remember it correctly. And then there were like a couple of flashbacks when Quark had to find the, the, lockbox that the chick left and the thing there, there's a it, it's kind of sprinkled throughout the series we got to see past Jarek Noir so might be seeing more of that one thing I guess totally switching gears now one thing I was really surprised with this set is that you know when they announced announced it uh, as kind of the this is the temporal theme set I, I thought for sure we were going to see you know KCA and Terran Rebellion kind of sub-affiliations brought up, right? 
and I had a chance to see the set kind of after it was, you know, after it was put together because uh, I'm on the, the writing team. And I was really, that was one thing, the first thing I kind of went through when I looked through the cards, I was like, okay, well, where's the KCA cards? And then didn't see them, right? So I was kind of that's surprised not, that's that that's as, a, as a temporary... Yeah, but, well, I mean, I guess it's the same idea, right? Like, so, I, I don't know, was it kind of, I thought maybe it was, like, uh, spoiled as the, like, Secret fracture time, time, right? Yeah. And so I, I figured that we'd see a lot of those ideas that have, you know, had bits and pieces throughout the Decipher cards, like the, you know, yeah. all the Terrans and all the, uh, you know, there was a, like, there was a random Cleon who has a AU icon that says if you command more AU people, you get to draw cards or something like that. Right. So I, I, I was kind of expecting that. Um, and I think maybe when I first looked through the cards, that was kind of a, a shock to me that we didn't, we, we're not, you're not really seeing that or maybe some of the, like the mirror Starfleet or mirror uh, TOS uh, or even TNG, I guess, too. Those kind of sub-affiliations really hammered out. But I'm not sure what other people were kind of expecting with that, but that was just something that I I noticed uh, going through. Well, um, let's look at what we did get. Um, we didn't really, yeah, it, it, it being the temporal set, yeah, we didn't see a lot of uh, AU. It seemed to focus on on past and future. And we do have a team in each, and both of them are Federation teams. Mm -hmm. And the one that really kind of threw everyone for a loop, uh, of course, was the Relativity team. Um, so who wants to try this? <laughs> who wants to try this and who's concerned with how, bro how broken it might be? I was going to say, I'll defer to everybody else, because anybody who's looked at a deck list of mine knows I play old stuff, not new stuff. <laughs> well, I, I guess, okay, so my thing with this, the relativity is, it just kind of asks you to find strange combinations that are more powerful than they should be. I feel like it was probably a nightmare for playtesters to go through, you know, four different uh, Federation affiliations and try to figure out which ones are, you know, which what's going to be difficult because, you know, historically you've had, you haven't been able to combine uh, like TOS with, uh, with uh, TNG, right? Because they're both have earth. Right. So you're, there's certain combinations that have never actually been looked at before then, before this. It's funny, Charlie and I were talking about this last night. We were <laughs> we were thinking, okay, how many finest crew achievements could you actually do for a relativity deck? And we were, we came out with, yeah, you could actually get all of them except for Enterprise because you can't play yeah, Starfleet guys Starfleet there. Guys. Yeah, right. But but you can play the the Borg uh, Earth Softers Contact. After you have a TOS guy, you can play the original Enterprise there, or the, the movie Enterprise there, and then you can come with your prototype and get Enterprise D in there. And you, <laughs> and, you can play, and you can play Voyager, and it's like, yeah, well, okay. So the thing is, the relativity seems to me, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's almost like it's issuing a challenge. It's like how, 
it, it, it's challenging you to make it work. It's, you know, I, I, I'm calling it the temporal toolbox because it's, it's like, look through, you know, that's kind of how it works. Is it, you know, it, it kind of fits how it worked in the show is to accomplish its mission. It would pluck things out of time and send them where they need to go. And, you know, uh, so that's sort of how it works is it grabs personnel from throughout Federation history and then drops them in into the mission, into whatever it is they're trying to do, uh, albeit temporarily. Um, so I guess, yeah, they're putting the challenge on us is to, to figure out which personnel, which missions, how do we make this work? Yeah, I think the, you know, I don't, maybe this is too negative, but I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of OT Kirk, right? You're going to play the temporal transporters to just discard. You're going to play the temporal transporters and discard them from your hand and then pop them right on your ship. And then you don't even need to worry about plays the thing then because you'll just nuke the first dilemma or, you know, whatever dilemma you're doing on a mission attempt. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be unfortunate that that's probably going to be the best way to play relativity, at least early on until someone kind of figures out how to make it all work. Right. But I don't know. That, that's kind of my, was my opinion looking through the, the, I guess, team and the concept is what they have. Yeah. I, 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 def- I definitely applaud design for trying something like this. Um, you know, it's obviously going to be playing, be played very differently than a normal affiliation or, or, or like you said, you have a lot of affiliation bleed. Um, but to me, that kind of strikes a, a problem of, of it being more or less uh, an identity crisis. I mean, you have an expansion that's telling you don't use dual HQs. You have a lot of cards that are usually culturally enforced. And now you're saying, well, if you're fed, you can just do whatever you want. Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. I have a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to see if it. I. I mean, I'm sure it was. Uh, it, it did sound like something that went through many iterations, and I know that this was something that was originally Brad's idea. Uh, and uh, well, there's, there's, there's so many things that are crazy, right? You have the ships that are zero cost. Like, yeah. Like you're like, what the hell? That's that's the first thing you see. Yeah. <laughs> That that's that's the first thing I looked at. I was like, "What zero cost ship?" And then like six staffing, I'm like, "Okay, so now what weird stuff is going on here?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's definitely it's no faction icon. <laughs> the person who you know makes the first successful deck of this is going to be a pretty pretty creative person, I think. Right? Like I'm not sure what the obvious first deck is, other than you know as many as the future guys you can and temporal transporters Kirk in, right? That's to me, that was like the first obvious deck to make out of it, but that's, that's the obvious one. Yeah. But I don't think that's the only one. And I think, Oh no, that'll be someone will make, I'm sure someone will make something that's crazy enough and works out. Okay. (laughs) And, And that's the, and that's the thing is where you, where, when you have all of the Federation as your toolbox is there are a lot of places you can go with it. So, yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's going to be like a maybe like new achievement, right? Relativity team or 
I wonder, like, I'm just kind of curious how it's going to be considered. It's going to just be a... It's essentially creating another headquarters mission, right? Sort of, or, or another another type of deck. It's kind of kind of fits in there with Voyager and Equinox as, like, separate deck types. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there were an achievement. I know Rogue, Rogue said that there were some new ones coming. Well, and you... And you know there's going to be somebody who's going to come and do a prototype and get the relativity out and go, wee! <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. That's also possible. <laughs> Speaking of that, maybe we should uh, talk about the missions. I think we've touched on your contact mysterious benefactor um, uh-huh. and interstellar incident, but we haven't talked about the relativity's mission or the other three or four we got in the set. Yeah, let's talk through some of the cards, I guess, specifically. That's kind of, I figured we might do that. I was, uh, I was noting the, uh, enforced quarantine and the fact that there is now a Shran-proof mission. That's, uh, that's one to me that kind of feels like it's half-baked, you know, and again, I'm not trying to crap on anybody who worked on this. I know we're all working very hard to, to, uh, you know, make these cards out on our own time. But um, I, I guess I'm not a fan of the integrity of 36. That seems pretty stiff for a 35-point mission. And also, if you, I picture this going in a Vintner deck right away with the bio. bio two I mad, think it's not fine a, the Vintner deck, yeah. Bio 2 mad, not a problem. But where's my security coming in my Vintner build? I mean, that's not a skill TNG has in plenty. I can think of maybe three guys that usually I would put in there that would have security if that. You know, I, I think that mission, would, I just, I guess I'm trying to say, I think that mission would be a lot better and the integrity of 36 would be a lot easier pill to swallow if that, if it were like bio exo two mad or bio officer two mad, you know, something that they have in, in plenty or even maybe dip. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I just, I just played against the TNG deck this morning. Yeah. Yeah, because he was playing Worf, and he had he's like, "Well, I got one security with Worf. <laughs> Let me see your top card, your diplomacy file." <laughs> yeah, be careful putting diplomacy on space missions, though, because then Kintar says, "Oh, hey, look." Oh, well, yeah, and that's that's. I, I know the diff is definitely a concern. I'm just trying to think of you know brainstorm quickly off the top of my head what I would rather see in terms of security. Yeah. Well, I think in that respect i think the skill selection probably was more story driven since it's you know you're you have to secure the quarantine and da, da, da. oh sure i mean story-wise i totally get it but i'm i'm looking at it from uh, I, I love the idea that you're going to make me a shran proof mission but it doesn't do me a lot of good if i can't solve it or can't do it you know can't attempt it well just because it's harder doesn't mean you can't <laughs> well it's the, that's the trade-off. That's the you know you you want to work a little harder for a mission. You can have it be shrimp-proof. I, I think the, the the dilemma will be uh, kind of the the fallback shrimp-proof. That dilemma is like really, really going to be really good. You know, it's essentially Which one never going about? to get consumed or uh, overcome. That ingenious jury rig. Uh, choose someone to be stopped and then place it in yeah. your core. So it's, you're basically getting a, a stop without putting anything under. And so it's... It's like a polywater. It's like a polywater, yeah. It's three costs. You're, you're basically playing, getting a polywater out of it. And, you know, a, a, a full-cost polywater mm-hmm. uh, with a skill. And uh, and then anti, you know, Shran and McCoy and, I guess, 
That's the problem, though. As Johannes pointed out, you hit it calls out Shran right away, so you automatically get one free take back with the hope that you're not going to give them any more take backs. Yeah. And compared to hard time, hard time at least sends them back to hand. This doesn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think the the dilemma is going to see a lot of play. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think it'll. I think one yeah. you know, the average dilemma pile will put one of that in its deck for sure. Yep. And I you know that'll be. When you at first attempt a mission where I, you know, I have a lot, a lot of counters I can spend, you know, that's going to be one of them I throw at you, and that's going to sit in your core all game, and you're not going to be able to like replay McCoy with Survey New World or get a bunch, get your stuff back with a bold plan. So I think that you know that dilemma, uh, I think is pretty good. The old feelings is for it. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even think about that when until you know people started talking about it on the message board, and I uh, I, I don't know if that's going to be uh, if if people were thinking about that beforehand or uh, or what. But it but but having those old feelings now being like a more useful card now, it's some of those you know previously good dilemmas like. Uh, uh, what's the one that lets you spend three and draw three? Inferiority. Yeah, so that was a really good one. Like, you know, when when someone would hit me with that, I always thought that was a really good play. And so now, you know, you know, because people might be playing moral differences, now that becomes slightly worse dilemma, which is kind of but unfortunate. Don't you, but, but don't you think that they're going to save the old feelings for the jury rig rather than the? I mean, if they're if they're running Shroud and Coy, that's they're going to save it for the jury rig rather than the. Yeah, but they might be running multiple copies then, right? Sure. I don't know. I don't know. That was that was just something I was thinking about. I think well, it's pretty good defense, though. That dilemma. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting with with those two, uh, you know, anti Shran McCoy cards to see if uh, we still see TOS with McCoy and Shran, or if people shy away from it this regional season. Well, what I was thinking about is, is what's that going to do to the. I guess the dilemma piles where you just consume a bunch and then get the bold plan back, is that going to really hurt that dilemma pile or or what do you think? Because my kind of opinion is that dilemma pile is probably if not the best, one of the best dilemma piles out there. You know, it it, it gets around like for example Voyager that does a lot of stop prevention or Romulans that have stop prevention. So it's a good dilemma pile. You know, it's kind of cheesy with the all-consuming evils, but I wonder what effect that dilemma, the uh, in ingenious jury rig, will have on that dilemma, uh, dilemma pile. You might, uh, you might just see them running more interaction. I mean, I know you and I have both played the kill piles with a solver deck in the past, and I don't know that those days are going to continue because we'll be out attempting at the same time. We get jury rig, and now our piles don't work. Right. You'll see it, you know, like you guess said, being run more in a Maquis or a Klingon battle deck or, you know, something that's going to set up shop for a little while and probably obliterate you before they could hit this. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. You only really need to worry about it <laughs> after uh, you've, you've been attempting missions. That's a good point. Um, since we're looking at dilemmas, um, there's also uh, Pivotal Destiny in there, which is the dilemma that uh, is meant to punish the two-mission win. Yeah, that was a good article, Chris. Your uh, 
your article on people's destiny. I thought that was a pretty good one. I do write for a living, so I would hope I can write an article for the CC. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about that some more, Chris? I guess maybe um, people that haven't read your article or give them a teaser. Well, I mean, I, I've obviously been around for a long time, and so has Matt, and I, I think Nate has come and gone a little bit. Dan's probably the only one on this panel who hasn't been around since day one. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always looked at causal recursion and it's a dilemma that I want to use, but I don't find a spot for a lot of the time because it's got those requirements and you're like, well, where is this really going to be good? And a lot of the times, more often than not, they just discard five cards from hand and throw them or, or from discard pile and it, it with. So I was happy to see the dilemma kind of working in, as the opposite, you know, a counterpoint to causal recursion in Pivotal Destiny, but without a requirement. Just, I know this is going to work. It's the form I can put in my pile and shut down those two mission win decks that get to 100 points and that's it. You know, I know there are a lot of other cards in the game right now that can get you to 100, 105, 110, 115 or more. And, you know, some of those are up for errata, I assume. And I know a lot of people have been talking about loaded for bear on the forums and wishing it were once per turn. So I assume design and, and rules in their capable hands will handle what they need to handle to make Pivotal Destiny even that much better for Dilemma. Do you think people are going to be rocking three of those in their Dilemma pile? It seems like overkill. At a two-cost planet non-skill, you're running into problems with, uh, as we talked about earlier, overburden. If you really want to have three of your guys die just because you're trying to make me do three missions, I wouldn't. Well, and Pivotal Destiny also gets hit by Rega and Denatra and all yep, that. Yep, Rega, Denatra... Yeah. yeah, I mean, but those decks usually don't do two mission win, right? Not say they couldn't. I think you know the the, the number one deck I think is going to hurt is that cadets that cadet deck where they use the I guess the 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 second to last version of the D the one that yeah. the commanders one. Yep. Where you get the ten extra points. Because that was kind of the, you know, that, that deck has a hard time getting to 110 points. I think the only the only thing about Pivotal Destiny that I am kind of sad about is the fact that, uh, you know, even, I mean, two mission win decks aside, I mean, because I, you know, I love me some two mission win, but uh, you do. <laughs> it, it really hurts um, in favor of the bold. Because um, now it's like, well... Uh, yeah, you, you finished a oh, mission yeah. twice, but at the same time, you, you still need a third one. So, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you're... That's if a good you're point, doing a 40, I think of that. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing a 40-point mission twice, well, then maybe you're still going to get to 100. I, I, you know, it just, I guess it depends on your mission, mission selection. But, yeah, I thought of Favor the Bold, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> not going to work anymore. Now well. it's even bolder move, I guess. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hadn't thought of that either, Matt. And I guess one thing that I kind of worry about is when you're playing a game and you hit somebody with this, they get to 100 and they start scooping and you're like, wait a minute, you gotta, you know, you physically have to remove this from the game before you're picking up or you didn't necessarily win. I mean, that, that's a, probably a 1 in 10 times where somebody might do that. But hey, like, What are you talking about? Just in theory, you know, once they solve their last mission and they get to 100 points, say they solve three, they're at 100, they have to physically remove this from the game in order for it to be a win condition and have a win, right? They can't just start scooping. Or am I reading the dilemma wrong? Okay. If you got to 100 points, say, say you've solved your three missions, yeah. you know, it's a win. 
and then yeah. you remove from, from the game. So it's it's a post solve uh, play, is it not? You'd have to pull it out of the sure, but it would. I mean, you'd remove from the game. You'd remove from the game, and then you check win conditions, and you still win. So I'm, okay. I guess I don't see. I guess I don't see the where the parsing would be that on that. Like I said, I'm, I'm thinking hypothetically, so I may be down the wrong card path. Well, I'm, I'm trying to understand the, the scenario that you're setting up. You, you're saying if I score 100 points on my third mission, when I score my third mission, I remove from the game. Yeah, but if you if you a lot of people have that habit of they've solved three missions, they've got to 100 points, they start taking their dilemmas back from your missions, they're talking about the game, if that's still sitting in their core, is, is it not a post? mission solve sure but it wouldn't it wouldn't really make a difference because you'd remove from the game and check win conditions and say oh hey i have 100 i have 100 points in three missions done. Okay. hey here's what's something crazy what if you uh what if you give your opponent 100 points with uh, the, the that last enterprise i was just talking about the commander one and you have this in your core so they have three missions and 100 points and you have Two missions at 100 points, but you or I guess let's say you get three now. Now, do they get the win before you're able to complete your removing this from the game? For example. Oh, if you're. <laughs> yeah, I think because uh, otherwise it'd be like a true tie normally, right? Every you know, both people score the same. I'm guessing. I I think that'd be funny. I, I see what you're I see what you're saying, and I think rules may not have. Uh, I think I think there there will probably be some now that I'm thinking about it, there will probably be an errata for pivotal destiny that says something like when you are about to complete your third mission or something like that you know when you are about to command three complete I mean you know there, yeah. there'll be some verbiage in there that'll make it go away before you actually do it. Yeah, I think we're talking the same language then because <laughs> it's when you command, not when you complete. Right. That's funny. I don't know. I, but I don't but know Chris, that you, has that ever happened to anyone? Like true tie, both a hundred points. <laughs> uh, that happened in Fargo not that long ago. They yeah, went, I mean, it, it's a, it's a situation that can come up right now. You know, if let's say the one guy's at ninety five, and you you know you're a TNG player, and you go, you have to give him five points because you you need the Enterprise to win, and you guys both get to one hundred, and you both have a planet in space down, then I guess it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that's good. That's interesting to think about. No, that 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 probably will need to get looked at by rules. I, I don't think that that was ever scrutinized that closely. Not not in that not in that aspect anyway. Um, you know, they were just making sure. Does this break the game? No, but it does come up with weird situations like that. So, okay, corner cases. <laughs> Um, oh, go ahead. I, I was about to change subjects, so if you want to continue. No, I was going to do the same thing. Okay. Well, um, we looked at we looked at relativity team, but we didn't really touch on the other team, which is the well. I don't know if it's a team per se, but the other uh, thematic grouping of people, the Enterprise C people. Right. Yeah, a less of a team and more of a hey, we we've got some background characters. Let's put some like, stuff on. Here's some new past guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally background characters. You don't, nice shit. you don't even see J Lo's face. She's totally a background character. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting story about some of the names for these guys. Um, some of them do get called out, like Fredericks actually gets called out. Um, uh, who's the other guy? Parker. Parker gets called out, but not by his first name. His first name I totally made up because I think it's a cool name. <laughs> um, but How do you the, uh, it? Reese. Oh, okay. Like Reese's Pieces? Yeah. So, uh, but uh, J-Lo, um, she, she was actually mentioned in some novel, apparently. Not her first, not by her first name, just by her last name, as a survivor of the Narendra 3 uh, incident. So I put Jocelyn on her because that's another name that I like. And so there you go. And, she, and it was pointed out to me after I did that, also, after I had done Tony Braxton, that uh, he said she was J Lo, and I was just, well, <laughs> that wasn't intentional. Admit it, you were just playing some old songs on your iPod. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to make music jokes wherever I can, though. But those, cool. at least she she was unintentional. Tony Braxton was totally on purpose. Nice. Well, one of the yeah. things I thought was kind of odd, and uh, this. This goes to two two ships here, actually, is that the Enterprises, you know, there's been kind of a convention that the Enterprise, you know, is somehow involved in points, right? Five points for doing this, ten points for that. You have two in the set that don't have anything to do with points. And so I thought that was kind of uh, surprising. Right? Well, I mean, the, the other Enterprise C already scored points, and... The, I guess the idea was they wanted to try to at least tie the battleship crew in with the sea in some small respect, and so that's why that the sea got that ability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the free uh, generation alcos for team, you know for that team, um, and then for for the for the uh, Starship Enterprise, the the, the mirror one. You know, everybody would have been saying, you know, we don't have a commander for this, blah, blah. You know, you could play Khan, but other than that, you know, yeah. if you wanted to play, you know. So, you know, I I like it. I don't think it's necessarily overpowered. I mean, the other, the other reason why the Mirror Kirk doesn't have Commander Starship Enterprise was because at that point it was like, uh, what do we call this ship? Right. Because you can't call it ISS Enterprise because that's what you called the Starfleet ship. So, you know, they, they didn't want to lock themselves into a corner and they were like, hey, you know. So this is kind of the other half of that broken link. Uh -huh. yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point then. So I, I how does the, you know, I, I thought, does the Guinan, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking about how to make this Enterprise C work. Now, does the Guinan give the discount when they're played to her location? At this mission, I'm looking at it right now. I was thinking the same thing. So, so this is the way. This is the way to, you know, have her out there, and you're able to. So she's not just sitting at your headquarters all game. Yep. Oh, so that's a good idea. She's not quite as good as Samuel's, but she's allowed to report them directly to her instead of to Earth. Okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's nice then. However, you can't do the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't do the past TNG, just the mirror TNG, right? Yeah, Enterprise C says, while it's at a space mission, you may play past TNG or 
alternate TNG personnel aboard the ship. But I mean, Guinan's ability is only for Mirror, not for the other. That's the, that's correct. Yeah, Guinan's cost reduction, yeah. And the other reason that most of the Enterprise C guys are somewhat undercosted is because they didn't want to, design didn't want, plays the thing to turn them all into alternates, and then all of a sudden they work with all of the TNG guys. So. Yep. Um, but I am glad that we got finally the four cost Tasha. She's she's so awesome. I really, I really am glad that we got her. Does Tasha fill out the entire battleship crew, or are we missing anyone? She they already had an AU Tasha, but she was only three cost. She was from the original Fractured Time. Yep, I remember um, her. So this was kind of like you know this was at least a little bit of what Nate was talking about with the with the sequel, and uh, you know kind of tying up that loose end and uh, finally giving her a four cost version that you know which. When Fracture Time was released, you know, they weren't even a glint in the eye of anybody because they showed up, you know, three years later. But, um, yeah, I, I like it as, as a good way to tie up both of those. Uh, they can find an AU Pulaski maybe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Ooh. Battleship Pulaski. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anybody think of using uh, Seven of Nine and uh, Valeris and somebody else for a team of infiltrators? <laughs> Cutting instead of strength. Oh, not that bad of an idea. Eh, well, there's 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 enough there's enough out there. There's there's her. There's Valeris and uh, let's see who else. The Fed infiltrator. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Anyway. Yeah, team of team of ambassadors and team of infiltrators are two really underused cards. Yeah. Which one's the team of ambassadors? That's the one that flips <laughs> it into integrity. If you've got, yeah, what is it, diplomacy people together, you can use integrity oh, yeah. instead of cunning and strength. And then team of infiltrators, you have to have. That was the card I was asking about last yeah. tournament. Was yeah. you have to have? Yeah, because I mean, Gomtu is you know, for for Dominion especially, Gomtu is impossible. So it's like, well. Yeah. I guess you could get some <laughs> some uh, founders together and, and oh, infantry you can class. Use, uh, what's his name? Um, Navorda. He makes he lets you use cunning for integrity. I think. Uh, he's like set thirteen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's a guy that. Oh, Deus! You're right. Deus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he have to be at a, he has to be at a big mission though, right? think so. I think it's just, I think if maybe if he's with a Vorta or something like that. Soto, uh, man, they don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I remember kind of back in the day, of, you know, you know, it's still really popular, but, you know, Gomtu is such a pain in the ass for certain affiliations that they, you need to have ways around it and a uh, team of infiltrators is, uh, is cool because you know and it still is someone sees you playing all you know all treachery Romulans they just throw that down and laugh at you and they're like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like like brinksmanship they can see coming right and so they're gonna pull, play around it team of infiltrators you can really surprise them with so that's a cool play I was just telling Matt that uh I know one of my locals is 
a uh, Romulan fan, but he's also been playing, as far as Tui, he's been playing um, an Equinox deck, Voyager, Equinox, and uh, he's probably going to like Telek Remore. Yep. Yep. Um, I- I'm surprised that Telek Remore is so dumb. Does anybody else notice he's cutting his five? <laughs> he the premiere set, too. I don't know what the. Yeah. I don't know. If I were able to transport myself across quadrants, I feel like I'd be smarter than that. <laughs> well, his money version is only a seven, so. Yep. I mean, I, I totally get it. His bonus is too good, and his skills are, you know, five skills. Pretty solid. Um, it's just surprising he's, he's got cutting a five. <laughs> so what, so his, so his, uh, I was trying to think about this guy, like, what, so he's going to be played in a, you said an Equinox or a Voyager deck, I guess, right? He can be. He can be played in an Equinox or Voyager deck, yeah. You could play him in a Relativity deck, too, if you really yes, want you to. Could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Is that... Is that ability really that good for a guy that can get SI'd so easily? Or Caretakers, either one. Yeah. I don't know. I was just trying to think, like, you know, four costs usually want a guy that is going to help you out quite a bit. And I'm not, not, I don't know. Well, I guess the jury will be out on this guy, but. I don't play enough Voyager to know if those skills are needed. I can't uh, imagine. Aside from, I, I think aside from transporters, no, they don't need it. They've got Chakotay's for diplomacy. For, okay. for, tra- for transporters, that's really the only weird one that they that they need a lot of astro. They need for uh, inversion lifter. Well, I was gonna say um, the, no. They need bio and dip in science for caretakers. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, they're, all their people have astro. <laughs> like just about any, and you know, you expect somebody to have engineer. Actually, you know what? Engineer would probably be the most useful because really, out of the original guys, the the original team, I think Milana is the only, well, if you can count seven, Milana is really the only one who has an engineer. Harry doesn't have an engineer, and uh, Tuvok doesn't have an engineer, and you know, it's just like, okay, you could at least give Harry an engineer to be useful, but no. Are there any well, good dilemmas where engineer is useful for you? <laughs> the only one I'm thinking of is you know, I can get hit by Kool at Yeah, That's what I was thinking you don't know. Four pass requirements school and make to make it not a wall, but yeah, then he gets stopped. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because like some you know usually you see guys like oh he's got six skills that's good, but sometimes those skills are uh, <coughs> hurt you more than they help you, right? Like I think engineer's I, one that's starting to. I feel suppose like it would be a really helps you. I suppose it'd be a really long way to go, but you could play Telecomore to Voyager and then alternate ID out for Dinatra. And then, <laughs> somebody, then you have somebody useful. Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> or just throw it back in your deck in case he does get SI'd, right? Yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. That's funny. Uh, what do you guys uh, think about some of the other one-off people we got? We got Grawl, we got a couple of Klingons, you got uh, Daniels. I love Tural. I just, uh, I, I, I want that Klingon Treachery deck to work because I'm sick of seeing the regular Klingon build, and uh, I'm, 
I I was really surprised to see strength eight on him when I looked. I was like, oh, uh, okay, he got really strong in all of a sudden. So uh, literally from one set to the next, he, you know, yeah. he aged and got stronger. Yeah, actually, the the deck I'm working on right now is going to use uh, the first the the one cost trial from Lineage to download the three cost one, so I can swap it out with uh, multi dimensional. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was, uh, like, last weekend we were playing a 2 e tournament, we were talking about some of the cards, and Johnny was saying how, I think he was saying that this was the one picture he didn't like, because... Well, he, he usually likes to have two options, and there was only one shot for this guy, so he, he that's that was the main reason. Yeah, he does look kind of like a, a blueberry guy. <laughs> the, the, the breakfast cereal. The breakfast cereal. Who's the blueberry guy? Blueberry? <laughs> what? You know, for it, it, for for what was uh, what potentially could have been a major character. He was a member of the Duras family. Yeah, when they did bring him back, uh, he was barely in the episode. Like it was just it was just a few seconds, uh, if I remember right. Yeah, he was he was only in it very very briefly, and I think that's why he was like, "Man, we didn't." We, I mean, you know, <laughs> he shows up like this, and then like, "Hi, the remember next, me? All right, bye." Yeah, and yeah, the next shot to. is of him fighting people and fighting people, and it's a stunt double who's got his back turned so he can't see his face. Awesome. And then that's it. Yeah, was that's that it. A, was that the quest for the sword episode, or is that something yeah. different? Yes, yeah, must be. Uh, Matt is the Balana, kind of a tie back to the. Um, the Klingon team, I don't know if I even call them a team, uh, of the, the Delta Quadrant group. Is that the yep. time all together? That's, that's supposed to be, I think. That's the idea. Yeah, you can... Uh, or Klingon's the, not uh, going to get their own team. I'm assuming that. They must probably substitute for their team. I don't well, I mean, that that is... Their, it's it's a ship in four or five people now because you, you had three, people in, three or four people initially and then you got one more from the... The side of Paradise set, you got the chick, and now you got Milana. So, I mean, that is their team. Yeah, this is she, she's their get out of jail free from uh, where no one's gone before. Sexy for that, yeah. But uh, she also will, you know, she's like an extra exceed engine output, you know, she jumps to another the next mission if you're out of range, which is good because that ship's range sucks. The uh, the Vokla called the ship of tears, is it not? <laughs> no, that's the return. Yeah, that's the return. Surprise, because it has bad range. Yeah, I at the at the same time, I look at Milana and I'm like, man, I wish I wish she had really got like the full treatment. I wish she had. I wish she was four cost. I wish she had one more skill. But you know, she is what she is, and it's like, mm, all right. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. honor. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. But the the command star, I don't. I don't get, but I mean, because she's the leader, I guess. So, but I mean, she they toned her skills way down because I mean, her order is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with those the mission selection. Is she that you would have with a Delta Quadrant Cleon deck? Is, are those skills useful for their missions? Or well, she's got two engineers, so you can use that uh, rebuilding the fleet. Um, which is good for that deck because if you you know there's not that many people so the second okay. three can get them back. Um, but other than that, 
Uh, I think their mission takes engineer and transporters. Their their planet mission, and then the space mission I think takes honor and anthro and dip and law or something. Okay. Yeah, seek savior. So she doesn't really play into the, the space mission. But. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> I saw when when Grawl came up, I uh, I, I giggled because <laughs> there's a guy who used to have Veiled Threat. He he was around when Rose Evolution came out. And he always tried to get Veiled Threat to go off. He could never get like all three. Or people would just kill it, or you know. And so I what does what does veiled threat do, Matt? You're gonna have to. It, I don't know. I know nothing about Ferengi's. Much you play it. Ferengi you, cards that you, don't get played. You, you play <laughs> it during a mission, or during, it might be during a dilemma. I don't remember. But you get it's a yeah. it's a plus two for the turn based on three different things, based on your hand size and how many points you have and something else. It was it's uh, kind of, there's a, there's that the same thing. Yeah. To play this interrupt, you must command three Ferengi personnel. When your Ferengi personnel is facing a dilemma, make him or her attributes plus two until the end of the mission attempt for each of these categories in which you have more than any of your opponents. Cards in hand, events in core, and incomplete non-headquarters missions. Oh, well, okay, there you go. Really so good on your first it, mission. Is it yeah. play to the end of the turn? Is that... To no, the end of the mission yeah. attempt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. That's good, right? So, Oh, man. Okay. Is Van Bremen gonna <laughs> break that one? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I... this guy's gonna be. It makes a very... to be a eighteen, eighteen, eighteen. Plus eight <laughs> yeah. And it can't well, be he has to be. <laughs> Dan, didn't you say he has to actually face a dilemma to play it? But then it's good for the mission attempt. When your Ferengi personnel is facing a dilemma, yep. Right. So you can throw no dilemmas, and then they can't play it. Okay. <laughs> I, I jumped with one. Okay, have fun. Uh, Van Bremen's already writing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but his mind's already racing right now. Uh, the other thing I like about Draw is the command star. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that affiliation short on those? Really short, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this command star is totally awesome. I guess the skills to me don't strike any chord as far as being rare or good. Archaeology is good because they need that for purchase moon. Okay. They got a lot of law. They use physics. Law is decently spread around. Oh, okay. And physics, there's that mission, the... the, uh, Survey. Yeah, survey mission where they need three physics to get the extra points. Um, Just jumping across the page, there was one of the things that Charlie wrote on his What Brad Would See article was something about red versus blue. It's it's funny, because if you watch that show, we have a Tucker... We have a, uh, what's the other one? Somebody else we have. A, so now we have a Simmons, because that, that's one of the other names of the guys from that show. So that's what, that's what that was talking about. And it's funny, because that name was not chosen with Red versus Blue in mind. Um, he and the other guy, Simmons and Maris. Um <laughs> When uh, Maris actually, his, his name survives through playtesting, but I changed Simmons. I guess um, the other guy's name used to be Otter. Maris Otter was a, is a, since a, um, James, or not James, somebody had a hand in it. 
Anyway, uh, Marisad is a uh, European beer or something, and so they're they're Maris and Otter, and uh, you know, so we left. Or one was one was Maris Otter, and the other one was Sim Sim something or other, and so I kept the front part of Sim and made him Simmons instead. So. While we're looking at it, I like the new Nug. The Captain yeah. Nug. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't really do anything for that Defiant Captain's deck. I mean, no. I guess, Just give us another Captain. <laughs> well, you get another Captain and you get plus one now. So it's nine instead of eight. Yeah. It gives him acquisition. That could be good, though. <laughs> nine. I mean, well... Well, so usually, you know, the, if you're playing in the, the uh, at DS9, right, you have the, the one-span headquarters, right? So you can go, you, with nine range, you can go, you can start at your space mission. Or wait, you can start at, you can start at DS9, move to your, like, a three-range space mission, and then you can move from there to a two-range planet with nine range. Before, sure. you couldn't do that with only... Yeah. If you have the Defiant, right? Eight range. Yeah. Or one of the other eight range ships. I, I really wish that he didn't have honor, though. Because <laughs> that team already gets raped by stupid uh, issue of trust. <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> one of the cards I really liked, you know, you know, we're talking about one off people, is the Daniels. I thought, you know, there's two yeah. other versions of Daniels out there. I think this is the the one where I finally think they got it right. You know, he's Starfleet, which is good. You know, so he's playing specifically in that deck. But you're also, you know, I, you know, I know there's a lot of cards out there that are kind of designed for getting people back in your discard pile back into your into your deck because it's kind of a crappy thing when you lose all your people. So he has some nice skills for some missions where if he dies, you can. You, know, you have to pay for it, a little extra for it, but you can get them right back. So I think this is a really, a really good card. Except Samuel plays them for two if you do it that way instead mm -hmm. of four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that he doesn't bounce back to hand. I hate having Daniels bounce back to my hand over and over and over again over the course of a game. And even with Samuels, now you have to send him back to your headquarters. So you're not playing him right to where he was. Um, I just wish he didn't have uh, programming. Picking up the pieces is still kind of common in my area, and it doesn't seem to me like it meshes with the story of the other crew. I'd rather have seen Ark. Starfleet doesn't have enough Ark. I haven't seen a lot of picking up the pieces uh, myself, but I think it's if it if it isn't being used, I'd say it's under it's underrated. Oh, that's a that's a great card. Well, it stops a lot of the cunning decks. I mean, a lot of those you know high cunning decks with Tolian Thorn and Persis, and they're you know, go down the line of all the usual suspects, they all have programming. Almost all of the engineers have that as a tag skill. I mean, there's a lot of missions where you can really use that to your advantage, too. You can use it against, um, like, the, the uh, Remus, the Supervised Minds, because that has two Double geology requirements. The yeah. Geological Survey gets you five extra points if you solve with two geology, so... You play it right, you can have them solve it and be five points short. So it's, a, it's a good play, and it sets up perfectly for cards like uh, uh, Captain's Holiday, uh, Dangerous Climb. That's a good card. 
underplayed for sure. And both both those two cards are. <laughs> yeah, both those dilemmas you pair with it. Yeah. They're nice. Maybe they're they maybe if the uh, this continuation towards going away from no skill dilemmas are persist, maybe we'll see those more often. Okay, so how about that new Bajoran assassin? <laughs> I want to play him actually. I I'm uh, I don't know how good it is on its own, but I'm working on a Bajoran treachery build. So I, I had built it. I had built it, and I hadn't finished it yet. And uh, that was spoiled. I'm like, oh, that's going right in. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait and finish building it when the set comes out. The other. Uh... The other story. Uh, the ship is nice too. I was going to say story, story, but that, that was redundant. The uh, the creative story behind this guy was uh, <laughs> Charlie had left this name on this. This was his playtest name, and I and, and I was like, well, that sounds vaguely Bajoran. Sure, I don't really care. And then I asked him, I was like, what is that? And he's like, well, German Koss is in that's the Old Republic. It's actually the name of the Sith homeworld. And I was like, oh. Okay, and then when the picture came back, I was like, "Oh, right. Okay, get it. Nice. That's cute." It's, and it's funny because his quote is one that will be long remembered, which is, you know, what Vader says to Tarkin about, you know, blowing up the Rebel base in Episode Four. So it's this whole uh, that's Star good. Wars time. It's really great. That's that's good. That's a good Easter egg. Yeah, I, he's. I don't know. He he could. God, if if you could. Get those cultist attacks back. I don't know. Does cultist attack remove stuff from the game, or is it just stay there? That's the one that kills all the interrupts, right? Does it kill your interrupts too, or just your opponent? I think it removes everybody's interrupts from the game. Hang on. Sorry. I'm just trying to wonder if someone's going to play this dude and drop three of those a turn every turn, <laughs> doing uh, some sort of Bajoran stuff. Well, uh, you can get him with that win, can you not? Isn't there one of the wins that says win, I win? Download a treachery. Download a treachery, you can get him or Traskull. So you could have yeah, there's a win that downloads a treachery, Bajoran. Yeah. Yeah, it's an, it's an order. Each player removes all interrupts in his or her discard pile from the game. So okay. this so lands you in your discard play. pile, and then, you could, and then you could recur it. So you can only play really well. It's an, it's an order. It's an order, right? Yeah. So it does its thing, and then it goes in your discard pile after you play it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't remove itself. So if you want to, if you want to break it, you could put this person down, throw the cultist attack, play something to recycle it back, an order phase, and then do it again. I guess. I'm just trying to think like what you. Well, he only do he only it. he only kills somebody once a turn. So there you go. Oh, yeah, I guess I should read the card. Dan, am I the only one that looked at this person and immediately thought of like organ theft back in the day, where you walk over with your one little thing and? Is that just me, or is there, you one of players think about that too, where you just walk up and stab them in the stomach and take their ten points for killing them? Yeah, it's Charlie stupid, the Unicorn. Stupid boarding claw. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that'd be kind of interesting if the Joran Assassin deck becomes something that's 
played. I know Charlie was making a Bajoran and Romulan assassin deck the other day, so this would be a nice card for, for that deck. It's certainly something I'd like to try. I don't know how well it'll do, but it might it'd be fun. <laughs> well, being able to kill like the person of your choice can be pretty game-breaking. Mm-hmm. Especially if you think about, you know, maybe even early in the game, right? If you you just take out, you know, take out the skills you need and then lock them out with the skill them or something like that. And here we're looking at an event, just when I was about to say that, hey, the Dominion didn't get anything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they did. They got an event. Vorder are back all of a sudden, yeah. I know nothing about Dominion, so I don't know how good that is. But. The main use of this card is going to be... Uh, mouthpiece, if you're, if you're listening on the yeah, audio. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We're talking about Mouthpiece. I didn't mention it. <laughs> which is a, uh, it's a Wars crossover title. A lot of people, a lot of my creative team are going like, what is that? That doesn't really make any sense. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. It's because she's the, where are the mouthpiece of the Dominion? So anyway, um... This uh, this ties the board into the commodity team that uh, Nate recently played pretty well. What's <laughs> <laughs> the one and, that uh, played without uh, qualifying? Did you have a German in there or something? Yeah, I stepped up. <laughs> so, I, was, I, I needed so the idea was to play Prom, so you get the download. So you need to have strength missions. But everyone good in that deck has high cunning and moderate strength. So I wanted to have missions with with strength, but have ways to solve it with cunning. And so I picked, and I wanted to stay in the Gamma Quadrant because it's easy to fly ships around. So there's like one mission that has strength requirements for like fed and maybe it's like salvage Dominion ship. And it has strength missions for fed and Cleon, but alternate requirements for Dominion, which are cunning. One of the requirements is honor, and when I, you know, I was going through it initially, I was like, okay, well, I, I can't, I don't have any Gemindar. Um, and but then when I was looking at the skills I had for the missions, I saw honor in there, and there's only about three or four. I was like, oh, I better add another one. <laughs> and so I just filtered on printed, printable guys with honor. I was like, oh, this guy's got awesome skills, and uh, added them in there. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that we might actually. I mean, because that deck it, it is really good. I've I've I'm playing a version of it for the for the online uh, two turn that's going on right now. It's it's fun, right? You know, it has. And they get has, they can they can boost everything except integrity, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, where to get integrity now? All of a sudden. I mean the the. the the issue, I guess, with that deck, if you want to call it an issue, is there's a lot of non-aligned personnel in there. Right. Um, because there's only, I mean, before then, there's only four Dominion, before Mouthpiece, there's only four Dominion with uh, acquisition. Right. So you have to put a, you know, enough non-aligned in there to make to really get the bonus out of those commodities. And I, when I played against JD in the first game, he hit me with, uh, like, Foreseen and Unseen. And I had more non-aligned people than Dominion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. It's a great start to your tournament. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so I guess it'd be nice to have more actually Dominion people in the commodities deck to, to avoid some of those things. Well, let me ask you guys about Reliving the Past, because this, this is one of those cards that, I mean, it seems like it could be a staple, like at what cost, or, you know, because it's, it does something very simple, it's a zero cost, and you lose five, well, you, yeah, you, you it's, it's backwards, because you're scoring five instead of losing five. I, I don't know, what do you guys think about it? Do you see it getting a lot of use, or? So, oh, go ahead, Dan, go ahead, Nate. So, I was trying to figure out how to make this thing really work. I haven't been able to to figure it out. You know, it's obviously going to be good against, like, the consume piles that consume a ton. Or, you know, they basically try to kill as many people to give you an auto-solve later. So, this could be something against those, but... I don't know. I think it only really it, it, it'd be best in a in a deck that does three small missions to win it. But so you could those, just one those shot three small missions are going to be points. yeah. So the idea would be to score ninety with easy missions and get ten back from this. But you know, I don't think you know after insurrection those decks are that in the first place so I don't I don't know I, I, I would be surprised if this sees a lot of play I uh, I, I kind of see two things with this card uh, the first kind of more vanilla I think it helps people um, get to 110 you know if they, if they have a deck that they're playing that can only score 105 max points from three missions I can see them trying to take a desperation play to get to 110 to get around a phoenix or a cosmos you know whatever Pivotal Destiny, even. Um, but the other side of it is, again, it comes back to that identity crisis issue I mentioned earlier. I mean, we're trying to make cards that speed the game up. Why are we making a card that slows it down? I mean, overcome dilemmas are what speeds up the game, right? You know, to me, five points for two dilemmas is not a good trade. I don't want to slow my, my solving down to a point just to score five points. I mean, usually you have to go through quite a bit of work to get two dilemmas underneath a mission. Sometimes that's two attempts. Yeah, I, I'm not sure in what scenario this would be really useful. But yeah, it'll be it'll ahead. be interesting to see which which decks it finds its way into, or how how often it gets played. It, it's something that it it, it it looks like something that people are going to want to try, and it, it, it's very similar to like the argument I've made about the new Enterprise, the bear one, where yeah. at at some point in the game, you know, five points isn't worth mission attempts, right? You know, the average mission attempt, right. the average mission is worth at least 30 points. You know, if you're playing a good deck, you can solve it in three attempts, right? Right. So you're, you know, you're, you're, you're better off always attempting missions and solving missions than giving dilemmas back and stopping personnel. If, if that's your goal, your deck. I know if you're playing something to totally ruin your opponent, then that might not be the best way. But I, I just think, you know, this it's, it's not going to be competitive enough to see play because 
by the time you're going out and attempting missions, those you know five points kind of is, is isn't that useful. I wonder if you'll see it in the in again like an interactive deck where they're slowly trying to get missions, but you're trying to mount a comeback. So they'll give you the they'll give you back your two dilemmas to play their all out war and come blast you some more. Well, the de- the main deck I was thinking of this to use in or try to abuse in would be something that would artificially get dilemmas underneath, like with uh, field studies, maybe field studies or Dabo or you know something some, something that where you're you oh, know, Dabo, yeah. you're, you're overcoming dilemmas. <laughs> Why would you play field studies? And then that, that seems like the worst play in the world. <laughs> Well, I was thinking maybe five it, points to put dilemmas underneath, and then no, no, no. to score five. <laughs> no, I totally get that it's probably a bad idea, but I'm thinking like you may have collected two that you could get by, and you think that you can grab two that are harder to get by. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I unlikely. <laughs> well, I'm down. I, what do you want from me? Well, no, here you're maybe you're on, you're on to something. Didn't Mike have a deck where he used uh, <laughs> uh, the Cypressor eyes with field yeah. studies? Yeah. That'd be a play, I guess, right? Because you lose the five points with uh, Cypressorize at the end of the turn. So this would be a way to, I guess, pocket those five points. Sounds like mental masturbation, though. Yeah. Sorry, I'll just shut up. I try not to think about Mike's decks too much. Usually they're, they're all just trying to do something crazy. My advice is just let him play his turn and ask him when he's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did you do exactly, Mike? Okay, that's fine. Cliff's note. Right. All right, well, I think we're we're getting short of time here. Um, so uh, let's uh, try to sum up, and uh, I'll, I'll go around the table here, and uh, we'll start with Chris. Final thoughts? What do you, you want, like a rating, or you want like uh, just kind of an idea of how we think this set is? Yeah, uh, a general idea. Uh, well, yeah, final that. thoughts on the set. Anything, uh, anything we missed? Any? Uh... Well, like I said, I think we all are in agreement that it looks very uh, appealing. I think the art's pretty good. Mm-hmm. There are concerns that I have uh, of cards that I could see being abused, uh, overburdened. I mentioned. I think the relativity team probably going to find a way to have somebody break it mm-hmm. um there but again there are a handful you know two three cards in here that i absolutely love i love the altar i like the daniels i think the ritual is really good um so for me i'd probably give it a you know three and a half or a four out of ten you know, given all the other cards that i don't like <laughs> okay uh matt um <clears throat> well I will just say that um, I think this this expansion did its job, which from day one was <clears throat> we want to make everybody change what they're putting in their decks. And I think it has done that job pretty well. Pretty, pretty well. Um, whether or not that's what the game needs right now, uh, to say, but given that design mandate, I, I'd say that it met that pretty well. All right, and uh, Nate, final comments? 
Yeah, I think I would, you know, I, I guess echo both of the previous thoughts. I think there's definitely cards in here that are going to change the way competitive, you know, kind of the highest level of gaming is going to be played. You know, you have things that are really going to take you know, two mission win, you know, thinking about how to play that, and it's been so popular lately. You have uh, the dual headquarters stuff, which I think, you know, I think people will play the Odo um, quite often, and that they'll play the mission uh, if they're playing it like a strength-based deck. Uh, so the, the dual headquarters are going to suffer. Um, so I think it does a good job of, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, turn, you know, turn the meta around with those with those cards. I think there is there was kind of a missed opportunity um, with some of the themes. Uh, you know, I, I thought there could have been some more interesting. Uh, deck types to be to be created like a, I don't know other than the relativity team there's anything that's uh, gonna really make me rethink uh, how to build a deck so it's 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 definitely a player's expansion um, uh, that will you know maybe the average player won't find too appealing in the long road but uh, should have some effect on higher level play Okay, and uh, yeah, I'll throw my thoughts in there. Like I said at the beginning, I felt like uh, there were a lot of a lot of meta cards, and uh, which I'm okay with. There's, you know, there should be that that kind of card in the set uh, that uh, helped to balance the current environment. And I just thought there might have been a little too much of that, and uh, not as much. Uh, new themes and ideas, although there certainly were some new themes and some new ideas. And, uh, you know, as we, we look through the, through the list in depth, uh, it, you know, just about everybody got something. So, uh, and, and, you know, as we've all echoed, uh, the art looks fantastic, you know, so high praise on there. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I think it was, able to come together, uh, but yeah, uh, there's concerns with it, uh, and, uh, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see, uh, how it shakes out for regional season, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're never really going to know until like people start building the decks and what's going to happen. You know, I, when peak performance got released, everyone thought, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to reshape you know, how people are going to play skill dilemmas or non-skill dilemmas, and then that turned out being something that was kind of, a ne you know, ended up being a negative for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So you're, never, you're not going to really see this effect until probably six months down the road after, you know, after all regional season and after, I guess, Worlds or Continental. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think this is a set that the jury will probably be out on for, uh, you know, six, seven months, and I, honestly, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope players find it better than I like it personally, and uh, I hope you know design uh, either can learn from their mistakes or can uh, learn from their successes, depending on how people like the cards. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it will be something we'll, we'll need to see. Uh, yeah. A few yeah. months down the road, we need to see if some of these cards get played uh, or how often they get played and, you know, what, what the, uh, what the impact will be. But I do think that there is, whether you liked or didn't like the set as a whole, I think that uh, everybody could find something in there that, that they did like. So, yep. Yeah. There's definitely some, definitely some gems in there. Yeah. So in, in that aspect, I give it a plus. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, uh, guys, thanks for doing this with me. Um, this has been the matter of time round table. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate Weininger, uh, Chris Sonstaby and Matt Kirk. Uh, thanks so much for doing the show with me and, uh, we'll see you next time. is copyright and trademark of CBS Paramount Studios, which has no affiliation with this podcast or trekcc.org. This podcast is for nonprofit use only. Special thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song, Started Off, as well as additional music used during the show. Look them up at hotfiction.co.uk. Thanks also to Corbin Johnson for production assistance. For questions or comments, send a message to OK Coyote on the Trek CC forums. Until next time, this is Allison Cagle signing off for Assimilate This. <laughs>